witches. I'm Felicia. And I'm Holly. Join us as we embark on a journey to discover the ins and outs of witchcraft and what it means to be a witch in today's world. Grab your grimoires, your crystals, and a hot cup of tea, and let's get get spooky. Hey, Felicia. Hey, girl. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I am doing. Life is life and That's good. How was your long weekend? It was uh, a long weekend. <laughs> any, was long. any long weekend is a good weekend. <laughs> in my well, books. Uh, well, our, our neighbor yeah. um, had his bachelor party. Oh, fun. And so they went camping and Mike wasn't going to go because like financially like things are just like kind of tight, tight lately. makes sense yeah um thank you property taxes and <laughs> all the insurance yes and all the fun things <laughs> yeah. that we've spoken about before yeah um so there was all that and then i was like looking at it i was like well like if i move some of the things around like i can probably swing it you you can go but like saturday night and sunday night kind of thing and then come back monday yeah because um, they were going like five days or something like that wasn't yeah, it? yeah they were going from like wednesday to to monday i'm like get get fucked yeah I, yeah can't can't do but, a whole week yeah so i had him leave late on saturday because i worked and i didn't want knocks in the crate too late because yeah. saturday night i was playing D. makes sense so had him leave kind of like around dinner time on saturday it was only an hour and a half drive so it's not that far okay nice yeah and then uh that's all honky dory whatever but i guess he gets there and one of the guys that was there was like super drunk and like he was helping him to bed, and all of a sudden, Mike was covered in blood. Whoa. And he was like, what the fuck happened? Yeah. And I guess, like, the guy that was super drunk, like, bit his tongue or something. Oh, it was no. bleeding all over the fucking place. Oh, no. And, like, they, they had to get him, uh, they had to call an ambulance, and they took him to the hospital. Yeah. Really? he was bleeding, like, fucking crazy. Like a stuffed and, like, pig, hey? And alcohol poisoning, too, on top of that. And, oh, like, no. I'm so glad I did not have to deal with that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I hope he's okay though. Jesus, that sounds yeah. awful. Yeah. So then on Sunday, uh, Mike texted me at like seven o'clock. He's like, "I'm just gonna come home now." Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, "Really? Like you have another night there?" He's like, "Yeah. Everyone's just kind of sitting around. It's kind of a rough night last night. Like, oh. I'm just not feeling it. I'm gonna come home." Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, all right then. So I only have one night alone, which is uh fine yeah <laughs> You're like i was prepared to hang out by myself for a few nights <laughs> yeah like, yeah um are you sure i think, I think i'm gonna, gonna be so happy yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was so nice having Knox in the bed yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny you're like i guess you gotta give up my dog for my husband Ugh. i suppose <laughs> if i have to i guess this is kind of your bed too <laughs> yeah fine <laughs> um that's too <laughs> so funny there's that uh but yeah it's uh it's july now it is july now how are we feeling feeling good about july feeling good about july i have um i have a lot that's happening over the next few months with work but uh i don't know i have this like reinvigorated sense of drive because i think here's the thing i always perform well under pressure and i always perform well when i'm like I have no other choice than to just do what I fucking gotta do. And I'm like, I'm starting school in July. I got all these new projects in July. I've got a bunch of stuff that I gotta get pushing through up until September. So I, I don't know. I can feel that sense of like adrenaline kicking in for me. I'm feeling good about July too. Honestly, good. I am. Good. I think July is gonna be our month, my friend. Uh, 
Perfect. I love that That's for what us. I'm saying. I love that for us. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see what the tarot cards say. Let's see if the tarot cards agree with us that it'll be our month this month. Okay, so I dropped a bunch of cards and one of the cards like when I drop a whole bunch of cards, I don't use them as like a jumping out kind of thing. Yeah. But the way that these cards landed, it was like five cards still face down perfectly and then one card on top of them all facing up. You're like, okay, so, that's a jump uh, that, out. That's a jump out. That's that, a jump that out. one card. Yeah. So uh, that's the Empress. Fucking A. That's us. That's us. <laughs> and then we've got the Ten of Wands. Yeah. Upright. Okay. Normal. That's not bad. Uh, and then we have Judgment in Reverse. I actually don't know what Judgment in Reverse is. So we're going to find out right away here. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's start with the Empress. So, of course, yeah, the Empress is representing us. So the Queen, Feminine Power, Luxury, Beauty, whatever, Success, Initiative. <laughs> us, which. Good things. <laughs> us us, and good things. And then we got the Ten of Wands. Which is usually like, what is it? Like uh, responsibility, um, hard work. Right? It's always like something to do with that, right? It's like extra success, yeah. Yeah, right? All Which, about success and Yeah, totally aligns with what I was saying. Like I know I have a lot of I got a lot of shit to do in July. <laughs> but that's here's, okay. I'm feeling good about it. Here's my here's what it says in my little book. Okay. Um success and honors but at a price. Okay. Fulfilling obligations while potentially oppressed by their weight um and striving towards deadlines. Yeah climbing a precarious ladder sounds like does that my life accurate? Yeah. yeah absolutely it couldn't might be the one of the most accurate top five most accurate tarot polls so far for me at least huh interesting i'm gonna consult the internet on judgment though okay just because my book doesn't like really give a clear termination versus upright versus right you're upside like down oh i found one here it says in reverse it's all about self-doubt inner critic or ignoring the call okay hopefully we don't do that here's the thing i think like what it could mean is that like you know there's us we have a lot of shit that we got to do in july but we're feeling this sense of like success and invigoration and power but judgment in reverse could mean that like our obstacles for the month could be self-critique the things that could get mm -hmm. in our way of our success could be self-critique we just have to learn to like not doubt ourselves don't ignore things don't push things off like face things head on and we'll be cool that's how i'm reading it, it says here judgment reversed often appears when the universe is trying to send you a message and invite you to something bigger but you're not listening uh, okay maybe you're afraid of the sacrifice you'll need to make to heed the call or you're worried you are not ready to step into a more prominent role and just want to play it safe <laughs> god it feels like you're literally like just taking all of my insecurities out of my head and putting them on a podcast <laughs> it's uh hey i mean that really plays in though with the ten of wands right it and does. as well with the empress because the empress is all about feeling your inner power and feeling your you know like your yes feminine divine power hell yeah ten of wands we're talking about promotion but at, at what cost and yep. then with the judgment you're seeing like the self-criticism, the doubt. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 The not taking something on in fear of, right? Of the unknown. Yeah. Right? Like, well, which also, like, honestly, like, me too, dude. Like, I know you're busy this month, but also, like, I just did. Uh, well, um, I didn't talk about this last week on the podcast, but I applied for a job that I am not qualified for back in December. <laughs> um, I'm not going to go into, like, specifics of what no, the job yeah, is. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. 
but uh, I did apply for a job that I'm sorely underqualified for. Um, just on like a, you know, hey, let's eh. see if I can get this. Take a shot, right? But it's within the. If you fe- miss hundred percent of the shots. You, you don't, don't take. take. <laughs> yeah, you might be underqualified, but it is something that you have been working towards. Something that it's you're something- interested in, and in the field that you're interested in. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um. So I just like yeah, I just took a shot at applying for that, and uh, last week I did. Um. That they make you do a, a practical evaluation to see yeah. if like physically you can handle the tasks of this job. Yep. Um, and I did the test for it last week. Yeah. So right. Yeah. I I don't know if I passed it or not. Like I'm personally right now. Here's the self doubt. I feel like I fucking flunked it. I feel like I failed it so spectacularly that it will go down <laughs> in the hall of fame oh, of failing no. this fucking test. Like I really, honestly, truly feel like I shit the bed in multitudes of ways. Oh no. Um, but. Maybe not. I don't know. This might be a sign that not, but could be. Well, that's just it. But I, I could not, could not relate to you more. But <laughs> I do that same thing all the time. I like, you know, school starting again. I'm doing my CPA, which is the Charter Professional Accountant Program, one of the highest levels of accounting that you can do without doing like a master's or a PhD. But yep. it's an incredibly difficult thing to do. It has yep. like a not a huge the last exam in may of last year had a fail rate of like almost 70 percent so yeah that's crazy give you an example of how difficult this this program is for completion anyways the last test that i wrote i had the same feeling where i was like holy fuck there is not a goddamn chance yeah (laughs) that i fucking even came close to doing anything that's how i feel and then i passed it like above average like i was above average when the test results came out and i was like really wow (laughs) okay well then i was really wrong (laughs) yeah so i don't know we'll see could be one of those situations maybe it's a little bit to both of us maybe it's telling me don't be so afraid take the chances and for you stop self-doubting yourself so much and believe in your power yeah right we'll see we shall see, my friend. We shall see. Well, yeah. Let us know uh, if anybody else out there is feeling that way for July. Let us know if the cards uh, meant anything to you this week. Aw, yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess we should probably get into this episode because it's... Uh, she a hefty boy? It's a doozy. Yeah, nice. It's a doozy. Mine too. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so we're recording till dinner time. Yeah, it's fine. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> totally fine. Well. Um, I went down a bit of a rabbit hole this week. Lovely. Because I could not figure out what I wanted to do for an episode. Fair enough. Been there, done that. <laughs> so I did what all good podcasters do, and I started looking at listicles. Okay. Yes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Who love it. love listicles? Honestly. Right? Yep. Um, <laughs> Many of my episodes have been created. <laughs> from listicles. <Yes>. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. But So first I looked at... A uh, list of like some famous witches, and then that had me diverting to a uh, list of like famous folklore. Yep. And then I wound up looking at famous cryptids. Oh, I-, I love a good cryptid. And from the cryptids, I I found one cryptid that was like pretty interesting on its own right. Yeah. And I I started looking into that, and then that led me to a Wikipedia page looking at what we are going to cover today. Ooh. Which is Onmyoto. 
own my i have no idea what this is on, on my odo yeah i have no idea i'm interested you've piqued my curiosity <laughs> <laughs> so um as always this is going to be a very broad overview of this spiritual practice okay as there are many different aspects to it I, I keep saying it in my head because it sounds like I should know it. You ever have that where a word comes into your head yeah. and you're like, I fucking know this, but I don't know why or how I know this. Yeah. Yeah. Omyodo. Uh It's spelled O-N-M-Y. O with like a line above it. Okay. D-O with a line above it. Okay. Omyodo. So Onmyodo is also known as the way of yin and yang. Shut up. Yes. <laughs> Yes, bitch. Okay, let's I do, do you're it. Gonna, you're going to love this. Yeah. It is a system of natural science, astronomy, almanac, divination, and magic that developed independently in Japan based on the Chinese philosophies of yin and yang and wuxing. Cool. So cool. Also, I just have to say super quickly, <laughs> you and I both chose episodes that require aggressive pronunciation. <laughs> Great. I'm yeah. so happy for this. Yep. <laughs> wait till you hear mine you're gonna be like okay checks out too i don't know I why we wait. do this to each other <laughs> sorry okay and wuxing yeah these esoteric practices combined with local religions to create what came to be called onmyodo by the 10th century its practice had been well established but by the 19th century it had been made illegal to practice really illegal Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Dang, I don't think that we've talked about any spiritual practices that have become illegal in uh -huh. modern day society. Well, yeah, 19th century. Yeah, yeah right? Modern-ish. Yeah. Modern-esque, yeah. yeah. Within the last hundred or so years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Wuxing is what today's pentagram is actually based on. Interesting, okay. Isn't this crazy? Okay. Yeah. So instead of the usual five elements that we know, it is instead wood, fire, earth, metal, and water. Okay. With wood and metal replacing air and spirit. Got right? it. Okay. So it is used to explain a wide array of phenomena from cosmic cycles to the interaction between internal organs and from the succession of political regimes to the properties of medicinal drugs. Fuck off. That's cool. It can be viewed as two different cycles, either generative or conquering. Okay. So I'm going to kind of describe it here for you. Yeah. So we all know the pentagram is a star. Yep. Upright star circle around it, right? Yep. So at the top of the star, we have wood. Yep. Okay. Going clockwise, the next point is fire. Yep. And then earth. Yep. Metal. Metal. And water. Water. Okay. Okay. So that circle... From from wood, fire, earth, metal, the water. Yeah. That is the generative cycle. Generative. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. And then the conquering cycle will start at wood again. And reverse. Kind of. Not, not okay. really. Okay. I'll just shut so, up and let you tell me. <laughs> wood starts at the top and then it conquers earth, which is down and to the right. Okay. Right? Yep. Bottom right corner of the star. Yes. Yeah. So wood top, earth, bottom right corner. Wood conquers earth. Earth conquers water, which is the upper left point of the star. Okay. Water conquers fire, which is the upper right point of the star. Yep. And then fire conquers metal. Okay. Which is the bottom left. And then metal, metal conquers, conquers wood. wood. So if you were to draw the star. Yes. Right? It you're, would, you're each point writing. would conquer the other. Yes. Got it. Okay. 
That's cool. Isn't that cool? That is really cool. <laughs> yeah. I've never heard of that before. And yin and yang is a Chinese philosophical concept that des- describes opposite but interconnected forces. Yeah. Right? We're all familiar with the symbol of yin, yin and, and yang. yang. Yep. In Chinese cosmology, the universe creates itself out of a primary chaos of material energy organized into the cycles of yin and yang and formed into objects and lives. So, I love so the that. creation of the universe itself was not like a, a, a being or a thing. It was literally just like chaos. Organized of, chaos. Yes. Yeah. The organization of chaos. Yes. Yeah. And then that chaos is turned into cycles. Yep. And formed into objects and lives. Okay. So cool. So yin is the receptive and yang is the active principle. Okay. Which is seen in all forms of change and difference, such as the annual cycle. So winter, winter oh to summer, like the seasonal winter to summer. Yeah. yeah, the landscape, north facing shade and south facing brightness. Okay, yeah. The Earth's rotation, sun in the day and moon at night. Mm, interesting. And socio political history, disorder and order. Oh, I love that. Yep. Yeah. So you can see yin and yang in, in so all many things. different facets. Yeah. Yes. So the philosophy of yin and yang and wuxing was introduced to Japan at the beginning of the 6th century and influenced by Taoism, Buddhism, and Confucianism evolved into the earliest system of Onmyodo around the late 7th century. Nice. In 701, the Taiho Code established the departments and posts of Onmyoji who practiced Onmyodo in the imperial court. And Onmyoto was institutionalized. Oh, wow. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Onmyoji translates literally to yin and yang master. Okay. And yeah. was an official position in the Bureau of Onmoyo and was assigned as a technical officer in charge of divination and geomorphology based on the theory of the yin and yang and the five phases, which is the that's so wuxing. fucking cool to have like a literal title, title like, built into your political system. So cool, mm-hmm. so so cool. Yeah, the the level of understanding of that principle that you would need to have to be considered a master of yin and yang, right? Blows my mind. Right, like yeah, like even when we prep these episodes and we put stuff together, there's times where I like. You you probably get this too. You're trying to find research to support something that you're saying, or you're trying to find mm-hmm. a, a further description of something or a further uh, understanding of something, and then you end up in this rabbit hole of this like too much information. You know what yeah. I mean? Where you're oh, just totally. like, holy fuck, right? Yeah. You're like, I was looking for one thing, and I've got 47 different websites open, <laughs> like three well, books see, like, on the go. <laughs> like you see, like a word, like for example, you see in this one. I could have just gone in with like Onmyoto is known as the way of yin and yang and it's, you know, a combination of religions and also also yin and yang and wuxing and and just like left it like that. Yeah. What the fuck is the principles of yin and yang? Yeah. Yeah. And what the fuck is wuxin? Yeah. Right? Like Yeah, that's what I mean. So you have to uh, yeah. <laughs> So so then I have to go in and like what is wuxing? What is the practice of the well, <laughs> you know even, what I mean? Like, even having there. even having an understanding of what the imperial core of Japan is. Yeah. You got it like so that you can further talk to it in your episode. You have to have to have a at least a basic understanding of that. Yeah. So the amount of information that the master of 
yin and yang would have jesus christ blows me away right yeah (laughs) okay yeah sorry well no don't worry so from around the 9th century during the Hayun period on interacted with shinto and goryo worship in japan and developed into a system unique to japan okay the Hayun period was a heyday for omayodo it was extremely popular among nobles and the court people. Okay. A good onmyoji could make a wealthy living there. And the most famous of these is the high-end magician, Abe no Seme. Oh, interesting. So you really could make a wealthy living out of it, I could imagine. Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Especially if you're living in a time period where people are like loving it. Mm-hmm. They're like, yep, mm-hmm. this is it. So this man, Abe no Seme is like the Japanese equivalent to like Merlin. Amazing. In terms of like legend and like knowledge of him. Yes. Massive. Massive, cool. massive and like lasting impact on became society, like a historical figure. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. A legend. Yeah. If you will. Love it. What a good what a good comparison mm-hmm. <laughs> that you just made. Yeah. There are various legends surrounding his birth. But the most famous of them is that his mother was said to have been a kitsune named <gasps> Kuzu Noha, who famously fell in love with her human husband after he had saved her from being captured. Damn. Damn. That's a cool legend to have about you. Right? Damn. Literally born from like a spirit. Yeah. Like, yep. What? Yeah, that's so cool. And her human husband was also a priest who was fluent in the arts of Taoism and Buddhist esotericism. Well, yeah. In order to save a kitsune, the type of like mm-hmm, spiritual mm-hmm. mastery that you would need. Yeah. Cool. Dude, powerful. That's yeah. that's your mom and dad? Shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> Shit, uh-huh. you got big shoes to fill, homie. <laughs> so that's Abe. And then the Sushi Mikado family was descended from Abe and continued to be famous diviners working high-ranking positions within the imperial courts of Japan well past Abe no Seme's death at 85 years of age in 1005. Now imagine living wow. to 85 years old yeah. in 1005. Yeah, that's incredible. That's an incredible Wild. lifespan. Yep. Wild. Yep. Abe was famous for being able to accurately predict the sex of children before they were born. Many Haiyan normal women would come to him in the hopes that he would give them news that a male heir was due to be born. Yeah, of course. His fame in the court grew and the court ladies often had fun by hiding objects and watching him find where they had been hidden. (laughs) That's cool. (laughs) Via his skills of divination. He would sit in meditation and focus his energy on finding the hidden or missing object, and he was so accurate that he was eventually appointed by the court to help investigate strange occurrences and disappearances. Fucking wild. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Could you, I don't know, anytime, I know that like it, even magic tricks nowadays, modern magic tricks, right? Illusionists. Yeah. yeah. They Like when they com- do something cool, I'm like, whoa. To see somebody like actually <laughs> find a hidden object through meditation, I'd be like psh, blown away. Blown right? away. Yeah. Exactly. He often read the stars to determine the events of battles and seemed to have a knack in geomancy, 
including positioning the home, such as in Feng Shui. Okay. I was going to say, what's geomancy? And then he answered it. Yeah. Physical. (laughs) It's, I think geomancy is the practice of moving earth for magical purposes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or distinguishing within the earth. That makes sense? Yes. Makes sense. Properties within the earth. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Because, and he was also able to locate where to tap the ground for digging wells or placing barriers. Right. So he was like literally just able to know, like how the geographically where the best lot you know yes yeah 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 like i keep wanting to say ley lines but that's not it's not a ley line yeah i know you're saying yeah yeah (laughs) no but if you if you're looking for a well or there oh there's a body of water hidden you know yeah 10 feet exactly here yeah yeah that's cool he was in charge of creating wards most well known in the form of paper ofuda that are blessed by priests and meant to keep demons at bay Mm. so they're there are like, many types of afuda that exist, and they can be used for a variety of blessings, but I'm sure you've seen them. They're like the little pieces of paper with the, the symbols on them. Yes. That you can hang up around, uh, like you've, you can see them hung around temples, or you can hang them like on your own altar. Yep. Stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Or you could carry them with you. Yes, you can totally carry them with you. Yep. Yeah, yeah. He also made famous the use of the Seime Kikyo, a mystical symbol of the five-pointed star that we talked about earlier. Earlier, Kate. And it was adapted in the West to being a pentagram. So, Very cool. Yeah, he literally created the whole star situation with it. I love that. Yeah, so the pentagram was developed from the Tao practice of drawing a Wuxian chart for divination via natural elements. And Abe is credited with its creation as a ma- magical element in ritual. So while maybe he's not credited with the actual creation of it, uh-huh. he's credited with the creation of using it Within a in divinational ma- purposes. Yes, within the magical practice. Got it. it. That's that cool. Sense? Yeah, no, totally makes sense. Yeah. And lastly, about Abe, after his death, they resurrected a shrine for him. Amazing. In Kyoto, Japan. Yeah. So in Kyoto, the shrine was built in 1007, just two years after Abe passed away. Oh, wow. So this shrine was constructed at the site of his home. Because it was believed that his power would still emanate from that location. Oh, that's so cool. And I mean, it would make sense, though. Like, if you had somebody who was, like, the master of divination, who was, like, the master yes. of, like, earth and water and, and metal and, you know, right? Like, it would make sense. And is it was it geomancy, you said, that he had yep. worked a lot yep. with, right? So having this idea that, like his energy is still held within the earth at the places oh, absolutely. that he, yeah. he spent a lot of his time totally makes sense to me. Tracks. Yep. Tracks to me too. Absolutely. Totally. Yeah. So, and his shrine is decorated with Shinto trappings, but also include his trademark pentagrams. So cool. That's no. so cool. I love that. So the Onmyodo practices that we are most familiar with today were established by Yaku Sushi Mikado, who... In the face of growing numbers of fake onmyoji, decided to put a system in place to prevent this. Okay. So, Yaku created the imperial onmyodo system that would allow the court to regulate and train onmyoji. So, like, so cool. this is legitimately like it's like a, almost like a school organized training. training for these diviners. That's so cool, dude. That's so cool. However, sadly, this also eventually led to the downfall of its practice 
when the Shinbutsu Bury Law of 1868, which was centuries later, yeah. demanded a separation of Buddhism and Shinto. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I wonder why. Why? Um, in 1868? What was happening in 1868? The witch trials? Yeah. A lot of <laughs> witch trials. Right? A lot of... Yeah. A lot of fear and superstition of satanic panic. But yeah, they demanded separation of Buddhism, and uh, essentially, the the practice of omayodo was outlawed. Wow. Yeah, it's so crazy. Like whenever we do these episodes, I think it's so crazy when we look at how like prevalent like a spiritual practice was, or like a a mm-hmm. religion or anything like that was in a in a country or a geographical location, and then. There's this like very small period of time where it's like broken and yeah. then it almost like disappears. Yeah. Forever so, after that. So it's just it's kind of exactly. crazy when you have like like you said, you'd have imperial declarations put in place to train these type yeah. of divine people of these yeah. people. Yeah. Like wild. And then one small law <laughs> mid mid 17th century and gone. Yeah. Exactly. You know, crazy. So by the time the practice was outlawed by then the practice had fully integrated aspects of buddhism shinto taoism and confucianism so the emperor at the time frowned deeply on the strange practices and superstitions found working within the omiyoto and other esoteric branches of japanese religions and sought to abolish them believing them to be archaic fear mongers i mean like i guess i kind of see the point but also, like, it doesn't totally seem like fear-mongering to me, but... Yeah, it is what it is. I guess. So, <laughs> after, after that, of course, Imperial Onmeodo quickly fell apart. Yeah. And the Sushi Mikado family was even disowned by the court and stripped of their rank and wealth. Oh, my God. Now, this family... Yeah, frowned had deeply been... is a good... <laughs> yeah. yeah, he did frown but deeply. But this, this family had been a member of the Imperial court for decades centuries. oh centuries centuries okay yeah. it was fe- like abe was literally because they were the descendants his practice yeah yeah they were the descendants of abe right and he started his practice in like seven seven oh nine or something yes like, yeah or- so centuries that this family has been a- well his statue was erected in 1007 1005 or 1000 or yeah no yeah 1007 You're yeah right. yeah and he was 85 years of age right so he was born in okay n- 900 so he started his practice somewhere in the 900. Yes, year 900. Somewhere in the 900s. And, and in 18 something. 1865? Yeah. So this family. 1865? Yeah. So this family's been a part of the Imperial Court for a very long time. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, 1868. In 1868. Yeah. So, like, yeah. Yeah. Literally over a thousand or almost, almost a, thousand a thousand years. years. Yeah. Wow. Fucking crazy. crazy. That is crazy. Generations of the same family. Yeah. Wild. Wild. <laughs> yeah. But despite this, elements of Onmeodo continue to be found mixed in with modern Shinto and within folk practice, such as many of the rituals found in Shugendo. I didn't check that one. Um, the enigma of the practice continues to be a popular subject within media such as film, manga, anime, and games. So cool. Especially in Japan. Right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. While Onmyoji had political clout during the Heian period, 
In later times, when the imperial court fell into decline, their state patronage was lost completely. But in modern-day Japan, onmyoji are defined as a type of priest, and although there are many whom claim to be mediums and spiritualists, the onmyoji continues to be a hallmark occult figure. That's so cool. So, now that we know the history of it, what is onmyodo, and how was it practiced? Tell me! I'm Let's get into it yeah please so at its core onmyoto is the art of divination onmyoji were adept at reading the stars and deciphering cosmological omens and movements cool many of the ofuda talismans that you see include star charts dots connected with straight lines on them or constellations very cool these are meant to invoke the power of the kami or energy associated with that series of stars that's so cool. That so they're like ancient astrologers, ancient Basically. Japanese astrologers. Not or, just at least that, though, at man. least one part of their practices. Yeah, they claim to be able to speak with spirits of the human dead, as well as yokai, which are like Japanese cryptid spirits. Yep. Basically, the Japanese people have a lot of different names for their for spirits. spirits. Yeah. Yep. Yes. And the types of spirits. Um, exactly. Yeah. Yep. As experts in divination and spirit talk, they were relied on by the court to read cosmological movements to determine when ceremonies should take place, what days were lucky or unlucky, as well as predicting births and deaths, warding against evil spirits, communing with spirits and deities, and even helping with decisions of military movements and the placement of buildings, right? So that's where the geomancy comes in. Amazing. However, their most famous activity was that of the exorcist shut up no way what that's so cool (laughs) i mean terrifying but so cool so an onmyoji was capable of expelling demons from a human host as well as being adept mediums in their own right so most exorcists would use a young woman to act as the host of a yokai or yuri yep or a ghost technically Yeah, yeah. Demon, ghost, whatever. Yeah. Probably a a malevolent spirit. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So that the entity might speak out loud so that everyone could hear, right? So Mm -hmm. the the ghost would go into this young woman and speak. The Omoyoji would ask a series of questions to determine the identity of the offending spirit so as to determine how best to expel it. Makes sense. And in one famous example, a young lady was thought to be possessed by an evil kitsune spirit. During questioning, she became somewhat restless and anxious, climbing the roof of her home and barking <laughs> so that the onmyoji was forced to go after her. Using specially made ofuda, the onmyoji expelled the kitsune while the girl was being rescued from the roof. Oh my god. When the ofuda was placed on her forehead, she immediately vomited out black bile <gasps> and regained her senses. Oh, the my. The evil spirit now exercised. Whoa, crazy. That so shit not- would freak me out. <laughs> Isn't that fucking wild? It would, yeah. And not only did they, you know, practice exorcisms, they also had methods of protecting themselves and others of from harm and malevolence through the series of hand movements known as mudras. Okay. So is it like creating like symbols? Yeah. Your hands? Yeah. Okay. So you use, it's, it's hand gestures. Yeah. Okay. Many years were spent learning to use the protective spells and hand mudra 
necessary to protect against possession. So the primary practice of this was in the performance of the Kuji In or Kuji Kiri, which is the use of a magical mudra. Okay. Also known as the nine hand seals. So each movement is a cut, is what they're calling okay. it. Okay. Okay. So the nine symbolic cuts in the, is the practice of using hand gestures. It is also seen in some Japanese martial arts, such as ninjutsu. Interesting. The kujiin are meant to empower your chakra energies and provide enhanced protective auras. So cool. In magical battle, they are used to strengthen wielders' offensive and defensive capability, both physically and spiritually. Dude, that's so fucking cool. So the nine cuts is the rin, which is the cut for strength of mind and body. Yep. And then you have kayo, which is direction of energy. The to, T-O with a little thing over it. Yep. Uh, harmony with the universe. Sha, he- healing yourself or others. Kai, premonition of danger. Ooh, cool. Jin, reading the thoughts of others. Damn. Retsu, mastery of time and space. Wild. Zai, control over the elements of nature. And Zen, lighting and speed. Wow, that is so cool. And when all nine cuts are used together, they create powerful grounding of the self and all its parts. Yeah. It was the ultimate protective spell, which came in handy as part of Enomioji's repertoire was the controlling and commanding of spirits to do their will. Of course, yeah. These wow. mudra were often combined with the creation and use of ofada, specifically written with spells on them for protection and exorcism. Wild. These were not the same as the ofada that would have been kept in a home kamadana or an altar. Yep. But along with this, like, I, this is so cool and so awesome, but, like, along with this, Onmyoto also had its forbidden magic as well. Of course, as does every spiritual practice, I everything. think. Honestly. Absolutely. Yeah, there's light and dark. I really, I truly believe that there's light and dark magic in every spiritual practice. Mm-hmm. Right. And and as people of divination, you walk the line between the two. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. So one of these forbidden magic practices was the Taizen Fukun no Sai. Okay. Does it have to do with resurrection of the dead? I feel like that would be a, a no. Wow. Wow. How do right? you guess? <laughs> yes. So. <laughs> The Taizen Fukun no Sai is one of the most secret and powerful Onmyoto rituals. It is jealously guarded by the few who know it and strongly coveted by those who don't. Okay. This spell was developed in ancient China by Taoist philosophers, but it is named for Lord Taizen, the god of the mountain Taishan in Shandong, uh, China, and one of the kings of hell. Oh, wow. Interesting. Lord Tizen's a king of hell. Yeah. Okay. He is actually one of the most important deities in Onmyodo. But in this ritual, the supplicant beseeches Lord Tizen, as well as great king Enma and other judges of Meido and Jigoku to lengthen a person's lifespan, save someone from death, or even restore life to the dead. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's typically, like, that's why I kind of guessed it, because usually the most forbidden thing is, like, you're you fucking know, manipulating somebody's life. You're literally fucking with the laws of nature. Yes, that's it, right? So the, it's, the, it, the whole yin and yang circle of life, death, 
Yes. You're literally altering that, right? That is it's a obviously no-go. a no-go, yeah. right? So Yeah, yeah. Right? And I'm sure it was only ever used, like, used or well, taught as an understanding yeah. of how well, it fits. Because it, it does. Like, if, you know, within yin and yang, there is that element of death. So, like, to understand yeah. it, you need to learn it. But yes, I'm sure yeah. it was, like, one of those things where it's, like, we learn it because we need to, to have an understanding of the principles, but mm-hmm. it's forbidden to use, if exactly. that makes sense, right? Yep. Yeah. Should totally. only be studied by people who are trusted with the practice mm-hmm. and to not be used. Exactly. <laughs> right? You know, here, you guys have become the gatekeepers of it, you know? Yes. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. Gold, silver, silk, saddled horses, and human life usually substitutes in the form of uh, katashiro or paper dolls, Okay, are offered to the gods. No mantras or magical words are spoken. The gods are simply invited to sit down and participate. Oh, wow. A formal letter of request is read to them, detailing the offerings and the virtues of the supplicant and the precise divine intervention desired. Okay, I I like that idea. Like I like uh, I, I like any practice that um, doesn't demand something of deities, but rather invites them and lays out. Here's what I'd like. What can you give yeah. me? Here's what I can offer you, and what I would like in return. Basically. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of I kind of like that mm-hmm. idea. So the Abe clan, yeah, was famous for their knowledge of this spell. Of course, it they is- would be. One of the reasons they were able to maintain a monopoly on the imperial. Bureau of Onmayoro. Under their offices, this spell was routinely performed for the emperors in order to increase their lifespans and protect the country. Okay, makes sense. And according to legend, Abe no Seme was particularly famous for his use of the Taizen Fukun no Sai. He resurrected his father, who was murdered by Ashia Dolmen, and used it many other times in the service of the emperor and country. Oh, wow. Once, a high-ranking monk of Midera was n- known as Chico, C-H-I-K-O. Yeah, it, it, known as Chico, Chico yeah. <laughs> fell gravely ill. It was determined that his illness was the result of karma, and thus oh. could not be cured with medicine. Damn. Abe no Seme was summoned, and he divined Chico's fortune and discovered that death was imminent. However, Abe said that if someone was willing to trade life spans with Chico, he could perform the Taizen Fukun no Sai oh. and save the priest's life. I see. So he, it, he's not going to be able to extend his life, but he could trade fates almost yes. with yes. somebody else. Oh, that's so mm-hmm. interesting. I could see why they wouldn't want people just doing that, though. Right? <laughs> yeah. So the priests all looked at each other uncomfortably. As much as they loved <laughs> and admired Chico, nobody was willing to sacrifice their own life to save him. Yeah. Finally, a young man named Shoku, an average pupil who had been studying for many years, yet had never attracted the attention of Chico or other teachers, stepped forward and offered his own life. Oh, wow. Jesus, selfless. Abe no Seme accepted the offer. He immediately performed the Taizen Fukun's no Sai, and Shoku writhed in anguish, his lifespan shrinking away, while Shiko rapidly began to recover. Oh, wow. Finally, Shiko was cured, and Shoku lay on death's door. 
As the young pupil's last breath left his body, he prayed with all his heart to a nearby painting of Furu Mio. Just then, tears poured from the painted eyes. Oh, what? And the god's voice was heard. If you take the place of your teacher, then let me take your place instead. Whoa. Suddenly, Shoku and Chiko sat up, both of them restored to life. Whoa, that's so cool. Wow. So that's the legend. I love Um, that legend. That's so cool. Isn't that wild? Yeah. This practice was outlawed and naturally is still outlawed to this day. Yeah. Yes. Another uh, forbidden form of magic was the creation of the Shikigami. Okay. Shikigami are spirits who are summoned or created using complicated formulas and spells. Usually, an onmyoji creates a shikigami as a type of servant, okay. similar to like a homunculi or a golem. Yes, yeah, okay. But a more accurate description would be that of a witch familiar. Oh, I see. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So the shikigami works to protect its master and often performs basic chores, such as sending spirit messages, scaring away potential intruders, and acting as an additional source of energy for spells and rituals, much like a familiar. Yeah. Generally, a shikigami is either an enslaved spirit or perhaps a thought form. Of course, having an enslaved spirit is highly frowned upon unless the onmyoji and the spirit have entered a contractual agreement. Makes sense. Yep. That was not always the case. And there are many <laughs> stories of young or inexperienced onmyoji who were torn apart by their shikigami servants after losing control of them. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Again, it's fucking with the natural order of things, right? Exactly. Yep. But the supreme fucker with the natural order, Abe no Seme, <laughs> is often depicted <laughs> with one or more shikigami. He was once recorded as saying that he had 12 in total. 12? And the 12 shikigami found in Omeodo is the same 12 divine heavenly spirits that we find in esoteric Buddhism. Whoa, no way. So because of this, this, Abe having all 12 of these heavenly spirits as his shikigami placed him on a marble and gold pedestal as he was in possession of the divine powers of the kami themselves. Yeah. Whoa. I just got goosebumps. He was without reproach in everything he did. So shikigami are invisible, but they can be made visible by sealing them into small, folded, and artfully cut origami. (laughs) That's so cool. Isn't that fun? That's so cool. There are also shikigami that will appear as animals or birds. Um, Using a complex ceremony, the onmyoji connects the shikigami to the spiritual force of their new master. Okay. Unlike a thought form, a true shikigami is a spirit servant bound to you by your own energy. Often, they agree to serve only if they are able to feed off of your power in return. Makes sense. So obviously, this can be dangerous. Yeah. If yep. one is inexperienced, right, yeah. with this practice. Enters into um, a, a con- an obligation they don't actually understand. Exactly. Yeah. And because of this danger, it was outlawed. Kate Makes sense. Mm-hmm. So as for today, many of the restrictions on Onmyoto have been lifted. And as of 2006, anyone may study Onmyoto with the exception of those two practices. Yep. Yeah. That makes sense. 
However, today's Onmyoto is considered a new religious movement as it is mainly built off of um, reconstructed ideas from the past. Okay, that makes sense. Which is why I think we don't really hear about it often. Yeah. Um, it's like a, but, it's a, it's an ancient magic system that's been kind of made anew. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. That's so we cool. Are, that is, that's fucking it, man. That's all I got for you today. Just that? that? No. Just that. <laughs> I am shocked we are under an hour right now, truly. I truly, think, truly. I think it's. I feel like I flew right through that. <laughs> but I think you did so well. Like, that was so interesting. Like. I didn't know fuck all about it. And then to be able to do like, I think you did a fantastic job of like getting the history that we needed to know, because that would that would be a difficult episode to put together, my friend. There's a lot of it was (laughs) there's there's a lot of little things I think you need to understand Mm -hmm. in order to get like the the entire principle of what it is. And again, like we kind of talked about earlier in the episode, it seems like one of those things that like you could really fall into the rabbit hole of information with this one. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a ton. It's one of those things too. It's just like it's just like when you look at like the the Norse pantheon and everything like that. Like when you go into Onmyoto deities and like start going into one a list by of one that too, right? You could probably dedicate a, a whole episode so. to exactly. each one, <laughs> or even going into uh like Oni, like demons and stuff, yes. right? Like yeah, you you start getting into that. That that the Oni is what led me to Omiodo. Yes. Is because I was looking at the demons. I was like, well that'd be cool a cool focus episode. And yeah. I was like, well, I feel like there's a lot about this that we need to know the Prior. basis of it first. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's one of those things where it's the building box of a pantheon that now we can explore go into now other places. Yes. I loved it. I thought this episode was so fantastic. I Thanks, really dude. love episodes like this. Um I hope I didn't seem like I wasn't paying attention because I was just like, tell me more. I was like, oh, my God. And then what? And then what? Dude, I was rapid firing shit at you so fast. Like, don't even worry about it. <laughs> I was like, don't even worry about it. I'm like, fuck, we got a fucking tarot pool on this episode, too. Shit. Like, I got to go. We got to fucking pop this shit Hyper off. Hyper focus, like- dude. Hyper focus. <laughs> Incredible. I loved it. I was like, what did Abe do next? What did, what did Abe do, have- do next? <laughs> do you have any questions? Did I Was that concise? Like, no, did it I make think sense? it was really good. I think everything was really good. I think it's so cool how like everything kind of linked to one another right like with yeah with his like the 12 um how do you pronounce it again i don't want to get the pronunciations wrong the shikigami the shikigami, shikigami. i think that was yeah. so cool how the 12 of them wrapped into like the 12 Buddhism. buddhists yeah, yeah that is so cool and i just think it's so interesting like i find um i'm just gonna generalize and say asian culture okay. i i find because they're their histories are so wealthy and rich and old, right? Yes. And, and yeah. coming from a, a country like like we do, where our country's like a hundred and what seventy years old, right? It's, it's not old. It's such such it's a fucking old. a speck of dust in in <laughs> yeah. the fraction of what some of these other cultures have experienced, right? Like yes. we don't have anything where we can be like, oh yeah, there was this statue erected in one thousand and seven of a man who had a practice in the year 900 like yeah to me i think it's just so fucking cool to learn about these types of cultures and these types of things because it's just so different than what we've grown up with well and what's really interesting to me is that like it's very intertwined with like a lot of chinese culture too yes yeah and i think a lot of the cult like when you say asian culture in general right like 
it is all very intertwined because the borders there have been drawn and redrawn and over redrawn and over again. so many times. Yes. Yep. Like they've been those borders have been drawn five times over before Canada was even a fucking thought on the map. Yes. Like honestly. Yes. Right. So. And that's what I mean. So I think it's just so interesting. Like even when we were talking about the nine different cuts and yeah. it how it 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 functions with the chakras, which are a very like. I, I believe it's a Hindi teaching, like it originates mm. from like India and like Hindi teachings, which is yeah. also part of Asia, like you said, right? So like yeah. those borders have been drawn and redrawn so many times that like we've talked about it in so many episodes, how like there are specific teachings that you you can't really pinpoint a this is where it started because yeah, it's so interconnected to everything. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. then when we do episodes like this, you really get to like f- kind of see and understand that interconnectivity between mm-hmm. all of these different spiritual practices and how, you know, like one group of people will take a teaching and turn it into something that they- that's their own and yeah. they kind of grow and build from that. And I just think it's so exactly. interesting. Yeah. I think it- fantastic episode. 10 out of 10. Great job. Thanks, dude. And your Thank pronunciation, you. fucking mwah, great. <laughs> so if impressed. I, if they weren't good, please let me know, listeners. Because fair. And it, uh, if there's anything in that realm of things that you want to hear in the future, also let me know. Yeah. Like that, if there's different deities, or if I missed anything this episode, fucking let me know. I'm sure I did. This it's a whole goddamn pantheon. Just on, like yeah. <laughs> Just but, like we had with Egypt and just like we had with the Norse gods and just, you know, so many of them. Yeah. There's so many. There's no. so many. Yeah. <laughs> I think you did a great introduction. I think this is a really great way to kind of open the door to. Yes. Um, Japanese pantheons and deities yeah. and magical systems, because there are some really incredible magic systems that come from from the eastern the part east. of the world. Yeah, yeah. really. Absolutely. So, yeah, I fantastic episode i i hope everybody enjoys it as much as i do because i think it was great (laughs) (laughs) i don't think it's a topic that gets covered very often either like we're so uh western Western focused (laughs) yeah we are like everything we do even even when we're looking at like historical things we're we're still very western focused like we're, we're like even in terms of like the eastern continents yeah the episodes that we have done thus far and the episodes that a lot of other spiritual spiritual podcasts have also done have been very western Western focused focused. yeah right like even just looking at like uh the british isles and you know northern even like eastern european which is western world yes exactly right like it's very very western focused in terms of of uh yeah that whole area yeah no, I I, the world. I couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> I think there is something um, as a, you know, Western person and on top of it as being like, I think I, for me specifically, I'll speak for myself, but I think there's, I, I'm a little bit more comfortable talking about, say, like European culture because I grew up with European culture. I grew yes, up yep. with European families. I grew up understanding Europe and hearing about Europe and, you know, knowing the culture and being taught the culture directly from European descendants right so I think I have a I think I'm a lot more comfortable talking about it yeah because I don't feel like a stranger in the culture and I don't I don't want to I think the reason I I like I love 
again, I'm going to be really general because I, I, I think it encompasses a lot of things, but Asian culture, I am mm-hmm. a huge fucking fan. I love it so much, but again, I, I am a stranger to the culture. Yes, and yeah. sometimes it's intimidating to try and tackle that while still being respectful yes. and, and knowing that I'm a stranger in the culture. Well, yeah, because yeah. like the last thing we ever want to do is is look at it as if we are romanticizing it Agreed. or fetishizing it. Agreed. Or, yes, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No I- one wants to be one of those people. No, and so <laughs> I like I think you did a great job of doing exactly that, but. I think it's sometimes it's so easy when you listen to like a really perfectly edited podcast that comes in at like an hour and you're like, oh, yeah, great. And then you actually do the work. And it's a lot of work to create episodes like this. It's a lot of like writing, reading, rewriting, rereading, finding other things and putting it together in a way that you're like, hey, I'm a stranger to the culture. But here's what I have found based on Japanese authors that I have read. Yeah. Well, and at the end of the day, our entire podcast is about learning new spiritual practices, widening our horizons on how the world of the occult has been Come to and be. continues to be and yep. and develops and, and uh evolves, right? Yes. So yeah. It's it's very much that is still a, a part of it, right? Just like how we see where the pentagram came from. Yeah. Right. So it's, cool. It is so yeah. cool. I had a great time this episode. I think you did such a fantastic job. I cannot I don't think I can give you enough praise for doing an episode like this. Thank you. I, it was really good. I knew you would love it specifically because of, you know, origin of it, right? Yeah. That's that. I do love, you know. Japanese, Chinese. Yeah. All of, yeah. yeah. Mongolian, Thai, Laos. I yes, love, exactly. I love them all. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, so. no, great job, Holly. Great, great, Thank great you. job. That was so, so good. So, so good. But you know what well, else is so good? When we receive spooky stories from our listeners. So you beat me to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew one of us was going to do it. <laughs> but maybe if you guys have a favorite legend from Japanese culture, you could send that into us and we could learn more together through our next Listener's Whispers episode. Yes. That's an idea. Or could definitely be. Yeah, send your favorite spooky stories in. You can send them to us on Facebook. You can send us uh, through Gmail, Instagram, tag us in a TikTok video, send us a voice note, whatever platform or format you want to send those to us in. We accept them all. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Next one is coming up in September, which better be the best one because that is spooky season. Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) So if we better have the best listeners whispers episode yet i'm putting it out there in the universe we're gonna we're gonna do it probably end of september i'm thinking right like i agree like the last episode of september is gonna be our listeners whispers yeah i believe because that's like end of september we are ramping up for halloween spooky season season. yeah so yeah yeah i'm in baby i think it's gonna be so good yeah it'll be great yeah so make sure make sure you guys send those in because having those episodes, like I can't say it enough, are, is so dependent on you guys. It's yes. so, so dependent on you guys. It reminds us that there's people that actually listen to us, too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's not yeah. just us talking to each other. Like, yeah. there's actually real humans on the other end <laughs> who enjoy some of this <laughs> that hear our words. So <laughs> yeah. it, it keeps us grounded, you yeah. know? I feel like it keeps yeah. us humble. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if there's such a thing. <laughs> Debatable. <laughs> well, thanks all for listening. Thank you guys for joining us for another week and another month. Uh, we love you all. And as always, stay spooky. Bye.